Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time to tee it up. This is Smoke and Joe's Driving Range, presented by PGA Tour Superstore. Here are your hosts, Smoke and Joe Pogi and Mulligan Matt Musil on Houston Sports Leader, Sports Radio 610. Good morning, Houston. It's here to stay. We're here, we're there, we're everywhere. Thanks to the World Wide Web, you can find all of our interviews, information, show details, you name it, at Smoke and Joe's Range. Wow. A little tongue tied here this morning. Boom, wake up. Spoken it's Joe early. at drivingrange.com. That's smoking without the G. I am Smoking Joe. Hey, Smoking Joe Pogi. How are you, buddy? I'm Matt Musel. Good morning. I am I am I am good. Had a great turkey week. And we have a major announcement this morning. Mm. He's new. He's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and he's the new Smoking Joe's Driving Range producer. Please welcome from Intercom Radio Galactic, Bobby Beats. Thank you, thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. There he is. <laughs> Bobby are you ready Beats, for this? How are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I am ready for this. I'm ready for this. Uh, I got a chance to tune into you guys' show uh, two weeks ago, actually, uh, when the former producer Cat, uh, what is his nickname on here? I know him as Johnny B. I've been knowing Johnny B. for at least three years. So uh, we we went back uh, before Intercom. So. Oh, that's okay. Master Caddy. Master Caddy. Master Caddy. Sorry, Master Caddy. And he left us to become Master Caddy Dallas up at there at the uh, <laughs> Dallas Athletic Club. Uh, well, Bobby, welcome aboard. Thank you. Um, as the show producer, you get you control how we go, and uh, we're going to bring you into the show. And how much do you know about golf? Ooh, I mean, I know the birdie. I know the par is. I know the bogey is. I know who Tiger Woods is. Phil Mickelson. Uh, who else am I a big fan of? Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it as far as the basics, basics goes. All right. Well, we've got a lot of work to do for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get started. You know, uh, you know, golf right now is kind of front and center because, you know, last week during Thanksgiving, they had the, the match. Phil mm-hmm. Mickelson and Charles Barkley against Steph Curry and Peyton Manning. I caught part of it. And I got to tell you, I caught the beginning. And Barkley was two for two and hit the fairways right off the tee. Well, you know, I don't know exactly who's been working with him now because I didn't watch a lot of that. But the big thing in Charles is he got rid of that hitch. You know, that hitch is what just killed him. He'd have that, you know, it's actually a double hitch. But, you know, even though it's a bad swing, at least it's a, a, a fluid, more fluid swing. So that's helped him a lot. And uh, I really thought, you remember that they were going for the million dollar 
It was a million dollar hole, the charity hole. I thought Phil had made that shot. I mean, he came so close to it. Uh, but Steph Curry's a golfer. You know, some oh. uh, pro athletes, uh, basketball, football, baseball, whatever, uh, say they play golf or whatever. But Steph's really a good golfer. Uh, that's that's what I came away with. Well, course, Steph Peyton, is a very good golfer. He uh, played a in a athlete. corn ferry. He was like the host of a corn ferry tournament out there in California. Yeah. And he played it. And mm-hmm. I think his first round, he shot like one under par. And, uh, yeah. Couldn't quite hold it together in the second round. See, that's the difference with amateur and pro golf. It's, oh, yeah. it's just the wear and tear on your thought process. You're, you're mm-hmm. constantly grinding. And to have the mental capacity, you know, that's what amateur golfers, it's, it's tough. You know, you don't uh, – a lot of amateur golf tournaments are only three days. They don't go the four days. Yeah, and, um, for so, sure. You know, uh, other – because there was a lot of news on golf last week. You know, uh, it's kind of funny. The Golf Channel seems to be coming the second home for caddies as uh, Matt Kuchar's caddy has jumped from the links – to the TV station. He's going to be uh, uh, Woods. He's going to be joining Bones over at Golf Channel and NBC, and he'll start with the uh, PGA Tournament over in Hawaii in January. Um, I, would, I would assume carrying a microphone and a backpack on the golf course is a lot easier than a 125-pound golf bag. Yeah, well, what's happening is, you know, which sport has adapted to the Rona uh, more than any is golf. Uh, you can social distance. You still have broadcasts. And uh, uh, so they aren't laying people off over there at the Golf Channel like they are at others. Um, there's been so many major cutbacks all around the industry. And uh, so good for them. And they've got a, another set of eyes and a, another set of experienced eyes out there on a the golf course. And did you see the comments Tom Weisskopf made about Rory McIlroy? It's kind of been a little little firestorm out there. No. Uh, In some aspect, I think it was the Golf Digest, was doing an interview with Weisskopf, and they were asking about today's golfer and everything, and Rory's name came up. And and Weisskopf just went off and said he didn't feel that he had the heart for the game, that he was just playing golf. It was for him to do because he's got all his money. He's Mm. he's married. He's got a family. And, uh, you know, Weisskopf has one major. Rory has four majors. Weisskopf, I think, won 16 PGA events. Rory's won 18 PGA events. Rory's only 30, um, if that. I, I think Tom, I, I'm not sure what was going on with Tom. I'm not sure. Anyway, Rory shot back and said, well, he's wrong. And, I mean, and if you followed Rory in the couple, last couple of years, what was it, last year of the tournament where he got frustrated on the course and he broke his club over his knee? Mm-hmm. Well, Tom's, Tom's old, old school. Tom was old school when he was young. I remember uh, when I was working in Georgia and Tom won the tournament down there, he was old, old school then. Uh, it's like he, <laughs> just being around him when he's playing, I don't know if how much he enjoys it. <laughs> Yeah. He, he looks at golf like if you're a pro golfer, you're a blue collar guy, get out there and, and work with it. And that's what Tom did when he was a pro, when he played. And I think that's what that's what he means by that. Uh, but that's just one guy's opinion. And Tom is very respected, which he should be accomplished a lot in the game. But he was I'm telling you, I knew him when 40 years ago. He was old, old school <laughs> 
back then. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if Rory needs any inspiration or anything, but maybe this will have a few extra zings maybe in him so. and uh, he'll come out. You know. Maybe so. I mean, you could say the same thing about Jordan Spieth, I guess, if you want to sit back and pick pick it apart. I mean, Jordan just uh, he's enjoyed life a little bit more the last couple of years. And he hasn't won as much, so well, he got married. Yeah. Married his high school yeah. sweetheart. Uh, exactly. What? What? Also, he what set is... the bar so hot his first two years. Yeah. Well, Rory did too. Yeah. Yeah, he did. So, you know, just just let these guys get on the season. And, and also, golf is different. Like if you go back over the decades, you had an era where you had the Sam Sneeds mm-hmm. and the Ben Hogans. Then you had the eras of the Jack Nicklaus and Arnold Palmers, and throw in Lee Trevino. Okay. In today's world, Gary Player. Gary Player. The young golfers, there's more, there's so many more competitive young golfers. And like right now, I mean, you got the Hovlins, you got the Wolf, you got uh, Xander Schaffer. Mm-hmm. They're just lined up coming up there to come after these guys. And they're looking like, they think a Tiger, they say, let me be in the last round uh, uh, on Sunday and be in the last group with him. I want to take him on head to head. And yeah. the other thing is, Tiger's gotten a little older. They're out driving him by big time, which that used to be one of Tiger's big deals. So, right. Well, you know, when, the, when those guys, the guys you're talking about, those names you brought up, the game was about control and finesse. Yes, it helped to be long, but it was about controlling the golf ball. And and the old school guys will tell us, well, yeah, we can't move the ball like we used to be able to. Well, you go out on the practice tee with these pros. Watch them move the ball around left to right, uh, cut it, hook it, whatever they need to do. They're still capable. Maybe with the equipment and everything, it's not the balls we have now are harder. Maybe you can't move it like you once did. But back then, it was more of a control and finesse. That no one. <laughs> it's like now, if you hit 14 fairways in a round, fine. But if you hit eight, you could still win because I can hit it a mile. So the game has changed some uh, from when those guys you're talking about. And we got to get, we got to go do it. We got to go to break. And by the way, thumbs up. I like the new unis of the Rockets. I like the blue. Kind of brought, yeah. brings back a little love you blue element there. Yeah, it's anyway. a salute to the Oilers. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to a young man from South Africa that his dream almost came all the way true and win the Houston Open. I'm Smoking Joe. I'm Mulligan Matt. I'm Bobby Beats. Bobby Beats! Oh, yeah, Right Bobby. here on Smoking Joe's Driving Range on Sports Radio 650. All right, welcome back to Smoking Joe's Driving Range. I'm Mulligan Matt, along with... Smoking Joe. Well, there we go. There he is. I was snoozing. I wasn't used to being the second voice. Yeah. <laughs> and our new caddy over there is... Bobby Beats. Bobby Beats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's happening on Saturday morning? And how about this lucky man from South Africa joining us? Davi Vanderwalt. Davi, hey, buddy. Good to see you, man. Good. Thanks for having me. Hey, nice decorations in the background there for Christmas. Good job. Did you tie oh, my wife. ribbons back there? Yeah, it's my wife. <laughs> I, have, I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> I would have never guessed. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Congratulations on your finish at the Vivint Houston Open. Just 
I want your opening thoughts, just uh, how you fared there at Memorial Park. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, start of the week, if you said you're going to finish top 20, I would have taken it. But, you know, after 45 holes, I was in the lead to kind of let it slip away and, uh, you know, not even finish top 10 to get in to play the next week. Um, you know, it's a little bit disappointing, but when I look back at it, it's not. I'll take it every day. Yeah, exactly. What was your final place? Was it 20th? I finished 20th, yeah. I bogeyed the last hole to move from 15th to 20th. Oh. Yeah. oh. That's, that's uh, Tommy, though, that's, I mean, you go in on as, as a sponsor deal, and, you know, you know, I sat there and I saw you on the leaderboard, and I started thinking, we better get that golf bag with Smoke and Joe's driving lane on it. <laughs> hey, we, we could get some exposure out there so people can know about you. You know, but uh, what did, uh, you know, you, we, the week before, you talked about the golf course. When you got into tournament play, did it play even tougher? Did it uh, what's did it give you any surprises, or did it uh, play up to what you expected? Yeah, um, the golf course obviously plays way different in tournaments than it than it ever does in uh, practice rounds. Um, the greens are faster, maybe a little bit firmer. The pins are more tucked. You know, when when you just normally play, you play to the middle of the green. You know, but if you play to the middle of the green, you're probably going to three putt every hole. Um, with those greens being the way it is. And, you know, that there was a golf course. The more you played it, the more I like it. Like, I actually really like it. Besides two holes, you know, maybe the green on nine is a little severe, and then on 15. On 15, I spoke to Giles before the round on the first day, and I said to him, Giles, where do you hit it to that flag? They had the tee on the front right. I mean, it was only 110 yards. He goes, wherever that flag is, you hit it to the middle of the green. Well, I landed in the middle of the green and I was, and I made a double bogey. I was almost in the water because the oh, ball goes off the green with that angle that you hit that shot and hit it right over the flag in the middle. But if you understand, it comes, you're almost hitting it straight to the water on that angle from that right tee. So it was actually, um, you know, this, the way they set it up made it, um, made guys think, and, you know, no one's ever really played it that much. I don't know if anybody went to go play that tee box right there, the tour kind of, through a curveball there that was unhittable, and you had to try and hit it like a foot from the flag, like try and hit a gimme. And if you didn't pull it off, you know, it might have been the toughest 110 yard. Grayson Murray made it eight there, never hit in the water. Oh, hit, yeah. At, uh, on Thursday, it played over par for the entire round, for the field. Yeah. 410 yard. So it was kind of maybe like a little ridiculous, unless you knew. You know, if, if it was a wage shot, if you hit it, if you pull it off, you make two. If not, my whole group made double bogey. Not one of us could chip it on the green. Two guys missed it right. I hit it in the middle of the green, and it ran down the left. I chipped it over the green. Both guys, so I was right next to their tee shots, and they both chipped it down where I hit my tee shot. I mean, it was for pro golfers to make an eight from right next to the green, and, you know, all of us made double bogey. It was just a little bit, um, but as, besides that hole, the more you played it, the golf course became fun. It was actually a really cool challenge. Well, so the tour, what you're saying is actually made it too tough. They didn't want it. They, what they wanted was an easy looking hole that Joe and I and, and Bobby, everybody could relate. Oh, Hey, I could make that shot. But actually it was an illusion and actually it was very tough. They accomplished that, but it was actually too tough. 100%. Hundred percent. They were trying to make it easier because they knew, you know, 
they only had like so they only had pin placement for like maybe the middle, back left, back right, and then the front pin placement. But if they put, they I think they try to make it easy. But if they put the, the T box on the very left, the normal T box, it would have been right. way easier. Yeah, I think they kind of um, by accident made it a lot harder the way they set it up hmm. without yeah. meaning to. Well, the the, uh, the uh, Amen Corner that I call it Memorial Park, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, that proved to be three big holes right there that could swing either way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I saw, I looked back and I saw when I was playing seventeen, I saw Carlos Ortiz. He hit a really good shot into sixteen. He hit it in the fairway and he hit it on the green. And I don't, I can't quite remember is that what made a difference, but. I know he birdied that hole. He hit a really good shot in there. Um, you know, I never, unfortunately, the last two rounds, that when they moved that tee up to the right, I never went to go hit tee shots from there, so I wasn't quite sure if I can carry that water. I didn't think they would move that tee there. And it was actually a really good hole, um, the 16th hole, with that angle. If you, don't, if you don't take on the water, you hit it through the fairway, and you can be in those trees and... And uh, mm. have some trouble, you know. I have to chip it out sideways and then have a long third shot. Mm-hmm. So that uh, there's a couple of really good holes. Um, you know, the, the guy who designed it did a pretty amazing, amazing job. The more you play it, you realize it. It's like um, almost an optical illusion. Like if you just look at it, you think you don't think much of it, but when you play it in tournament play, it plays a whole lot different. We're on the phone with uh, Davi Vanderbilt. South African golfer played over Lamar, came in and on a sponsor deal played the Houston Open, led it for a couple of a couple of holes and uh, finished twentieth. Your finish at the uh, at the Houston Open, does that change your plans for twenty one? Um, no, plans always the same. Trying try and play as good as you can and win the tournament. No, but what it could have done is, you know, if I finished like if I had a top ten finish, I would have been, I think, guaranteed into the playoffs. Um, for the Corn Ferry Tour, no matter what. So there's two ways you can get into the playoffs. You can finish top 75 on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is a whole lot harder than finishing top 200 on the PJ Tour. So just, uh, um, you know, if I, if I think if I finished top 10, I would have been guaranteed in the playoffs. Maybe free you up a little bit for the rest of the year um, for the Corn Ferry season coming. But, you know, it's not really changing, uh, changing much. Did it no. give you a chance to maybe get into some more PGA tours uh, via the the uh, sponsorship exemption because the people impressed with how you fared? No, there's lots of guys just as good or better than me that's impressing them. You know, they're not. If I the only way I've always lived by this rule, you know, it's hard to to rely on sponsors' invites and sponsors' picks. You just got to play your way into it. You know, unfortunately, I didn't take care of it on the weekend. I was sixth going into the last round, and I finished 20th. If I, you know, shoot one or two under par, I had a really, really good tournament, and I would have had um, been in the playoffs for the Corn Ferry, which is very, a lot easier to get your PJ Tour card that way, and I would have played the next week. Um, you know, who knows if I played well there. You just got to play yourself, and you can't rely on waiting for people to ask them for sponsor exams because there's many golfers like me Um you know, and even better and younger and better looking too. <laughs> now, does uh, does your finish at the uh, the uh, Houston Open does it give you anything for next year? Does that get a letter from Colby Callaway saying, "Come on back"? 
Um, I hope so. What do you think? We'll put our two cents in. You know, yeah, there you go. You guys can help me out. So, um, you know, the, the, we'll see next year. I, hope you, I don't think the field will be quite as strong. You don't get Brooks Cooper and Dyson Johnson because it's not going to be the week before the Masters. So it should make their decision a lot easier. You know, when you get – they've been lucky to have the week before the Masters and you have all these guys that wanted to play. I mean, top – top 50 players in the world, guys who were in the Masters, I know who didn't get an invite. There was two of them, Thomas Peters, Christian Poseidon, these guys asked, Tom, Christian Poseidon just won last week on Europe um, in South Africa. You know, he asked for a sponsor's invite. So next year, hopefully you don't get those names, so it should make the decision a lot easier. Davi, you're talking about you didn't, uh, making the top 20, that's quite an accomplishment. It didn't give you any automatic ends with any other tournament going forward, but what did it do for your confidence? It had to boost your confidence, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, anytime you play, well, you know, after, like I said, after 45 holes, which which doesn't, I guess it doesn't mean all that much, but after 45 holes, I was leading. I was beating Dustin Johnson, yeah. Brooks Kupka, beat Phil Mickelson. By, so it just shows the thing with golf, what people don't understand is anybody can beat anybody at any day. You know, if you, if you go swim against Michael Phelps, you probably know you're never going to beat him. You know, but in golf, you can go beat Tiger Woods on any day. That's just, he, you're probably not going to beat him in a tournament, but you can beat him on any day. On any day. So the thing with golf is, um, I'm not going to say lucky, but anybody, if you have a good tournament, just to know that if you play good, you're good enough to compete. You know, so that just uh, validated once again that, you know, if I do, if I play well, which in, in all honesty, I didn't feel like I played all that well, even when I was leading. Um, I was putting really well, but I wasn't driving the ball in play, which is usually my strength. Um, if I drive it like that on the corn ferry tour, you get lapped, you know? So I wasn't really? driving in a fairway. Yeah, I wasn't driving in a fairway, but on the PJ tour, the golf courses are harder. You can scramble a little bit. Where we play, um, the golf courses are a little bit easier. And if you don't drive in a fairway and make birdies on every hole, you know, our cuts are five, six on the bar quite often. You, you miss a cut. So, um, you know, with... With that being said, not not having my A game off the tee to still have been competing and finish top 20, you know, it just shows that all my, the rest of my game is pretty good. Well, you all got right. everybody at the Smoke and Joe's Driving Range cheering for you and uh, wishing you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it, and uh, it's fun talking to you guys. Well, we'll do it a couple all of times right, again next year, and hopefully we'll do it as a lead-up to the Houston Open. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, Dobby. You bet. Cheers to you guys. Bye-bye. Davi Vanderbilt, right here on the show. He did, he did as well over at the Houston Open, and we look yeah. forward to seeing him out on the Corn Ferry and on the PGA Tour real quick. Time to go to a break. I'm Smokin' Joe. I'm Mulligan Matt. I'm Bobby Beats. Bobby Beats! Right there on Smokin' Joe's Driving Range of Sports Radio 650. Welcome back. Smokin' Joe's Driving Range right here on CBS Sports Radio 650. You know, for the entire year, uh, in some aspects, the USGA kind of got – a little bit of good luck because all we've been talking about is the 2020 U.S. Women's Open Championship up at Champions. Uh, yeah. It was supposed to be played in June, but obviously because of the uh, pandemic, we have moved it back, and it's next week. So the young lady that is keeping us up to date on everything, she can't look back now. She's here for good. She's in Houston. Please welcome Julia Pine from USGA. Good morning. Thanks, Julia. <laughs> Thanks for having me, and I'm glad to be doing this for the first time in a while from uh, actually here in Houston. And by the way, thumbs up. 
we had a blast on the media day. We got some great interviews with Stacy Lewis, Angela Stanford, and uh, Grissom, uh, Kelly Grissom. Kristen Gelman, yeah. Yeah, Kristen Gelman. Uh, which, by the way, I don't know if you heard the story. Her parents are from the same hometown in Iowa that I'm from, Councilmas, Iowa. That is so random. <laughs> I, I mean, the metropolitan city of Councilmas, Iowa. Anyway. Um, yes, of course. And Cheyenne was here, too. Yeah, Cheyenne Knight's great. Uh, she's probably gets the award for born closest to Champions Golf Club. So uh, right. I know she's excited to play her first Women's Open right here where she's from. Well, Stacy mentioned that she says it's a huge advantage to get to sleep in your own bed, drive your own car, you know, you know the routes. It's, she says it's it's a it's a it's a lot of a lot of people don't understand that when you go into a different city each week, there's a lot of getting accustomed to what's going on, and she doesn't have to do that. Yeah, and even just being familiar with the courses and also just the types of grass that are used here, um, there's definitely going to be some home field advantage. There's seven Texas players in the field. Um, I kind of got goosebumps listening to Angela Stanford say when she was really driving in last time to the club and she was thinking about playing her national championship here in her home state. She said she got a little bit teary-eyed. Um, so, you know, that gave me a little bit of the chills. That's awesome. I- yeah, I didn't realize – Stacy and Garrett are, are members there at Champions. I didn't realize that uh, because you know they're Woodlands they're Woodlands residents, so I didn't know. But uh, they're they're uh, members down there, which does help. But here here's the frustrating thing. I would think Julia, for you, tell me how you settle in on this. Joe was talking about a full year run up promoting this event. This should be oh, all the hyperbole going into this, all the months and months and months build up. Oh no fans. So, so is it, so is it frustrating that you've gotten the chance to get the word out to more Houstonians and now they can't come? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we get comments on our social media, like I was planning to be there and it's so hard to address that because you just feel for, for people who wanted to be there. And then also for us, I mean, the atmosphere is such a big part of any open championship, but I think at the same time, given what 2020 has brought all of us, just being able to have this and give a trophy out on Sunday is going to feel really good. So I think that's what we keep focusing on. Let me ask you, preparing for next week, is there, can you feel a significant difference in stress and workload, not having to prepare for 10, 15,000, 20,000 people a day and having to deal with everything you have to do to keep it safe with the coronavirus? Yeah, it's very different. I mean, even being out here right now in what we call advance week, you know, there's tents going up, but certainly less than we usually see. Um, And we're not accounting for, you know, buses and shuttles and parking lots, but at the same time, we are accounting for COVID-19 testing. So I don't know how you kind of balance those things. Um, But I think we feel like we're in a good place, you know, having done the U.S. Open already, which is... um, nice to have under our belt and know that we did that safely and that our testing procedures are, you know, the best in the industry. Uh, I think we feel good. I think what's going to feel great is when all the players start arriving this Saturday. I mean, that'll really make it feel like, okay, we're here at an open. We hear it from them all the time. Like this is the putt they were, you know, imagining in their heads when they were on the putting green at six years old, like this is the putt to win the women's open. So a lot of them change their schedules based on being in perfect shape for the women's open every year. Um, I know Daniel Kang took a few weeks off, spent them with Butch Harmon, just prepping for this. Um, so as soon as they get there, I feel like it feels like a it feels like a women's open. Have the ladies that have played the courses have they commented on the difference between the two? 
Yes. Um, they say jackrabbit's surprisingly challenging, as I think you guys know. Um, so it's certainly not going to be a layup by any means to have kind of the quote-unquote second course. They are very different, though. Um, I think we're really proud of the bunker work we did at Jackrabbit. We've gotten quite a few compliments on that. But I think for the most part, Cypress Creek, which will be kind of the main the main championship course, it fits their eye. It's very traditional for what a classic open venue will be. Uh, challenging rough, so you need to be accurate off the tee. And then your approach shot has to be dialed in because the greens are so big. So it's not necessarily a course that's going to benefit the Bombers. And I think the ladies like that because it brings more people in. And uh, broadcast, NBC, Golf Channel. Who Do, do you know who's going to be in the tower? Who's going to... Yeah, actually uh, released 27 minutes ago, our full broadcast schedule. We have close to 30 hours of live golf, far and away, you know, more than any other women's championship, um, including weekend on NBC, um, all four days on Golf Channel. Um, And they brought in their A-team and they've doubled up. So um, we've got Dan Hicks on the call. We've got Judy Rankin. We've got Kate Cockrell. um, We've got Karen Stupples, Paige McKenzie, uh, Grant Boone, you know, they're bringing in everyone. Um, there's not really a, a normal PGA Tour event against us next week. Um, so they were able to dedicate more resources, and we're thrilled to have them all here in Houston. Well, Dan's a big friend of, this, of the show, been on a long time, so we have to check in with him, see if he will stop by the tee box next week with us and uh, give us his take. And who knows, maybe he'll bring his wife with him. You know, Hannah's from Houston. Yep. That way you get a little ESPN coverage. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they are two different companies. We probably not. So, yeah, probably not. What uh, between now and next Sunday, are you just fifteen-hour days, just work, 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 or does when they start teeing up, do you start settling down and relaxing? You know, this, this week's pretty busy, um, just doing lots of prep, and there's just always more to do. It feels like um, the one unique part of this year is the lack of daylight. So. I wouldn't say once they tee it up, our world gets any easier. If anything, it gets kind of more exciting. But those hours are going to be condensed. Um, We're not going to tee off until um, close to 930 um, because we're on the two golf courses. And, you know, daylight means we need to be done as close to 4 p.m. as possible. So it's going to be kind of fast and furious. um, But, um, you know, we won't have those days where, you know, people are playing golf until 8 p.m. Yeah, I have to share a story with you about the power of the U.S. Open and and the USGA. There's a young 15-year-old that took up golf about uh, a little over a year ago out at our golf course. And she has gone from just hitting a golf ball to where she's like a single-digit handicap. And so I see her every day out of the range. Her dad was a former pro baseball player. And so I walked down to her and I said, listen – I have to tell you, I've been watching, and I introduced myself earlier, and I said, uh, I got lucky to go up to the U.S. Women's Open Media Day. And she said, yeah. And I said, and then uh, they gave me a swag bag. So out of the swag bag, I had the uh, uh, the ball marker. And I said, I think you need this so that you can be inspired to play a U.S. Open, and then you bring back a pin for me. And she broke down in tears. It was so cool. Wow, that's, that's really awesome. That's it awesome. was so cool, and she was so upset because she couldn't. She was planning to be up there next week. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I just want to let you know that the power of the USGA and the US Open and the women's 
you've got some fans out there. That's awesome. You know, that reminds me, Angela Stanford told us a story that she attended the last women's open in Texas at Colonial and Meg Mallon ended up winning and she got Meg to sign her visor and she still has the visor. Um, and now years later, you know, Angela's the one playing in, in this, uh, in the women's open here in Texas. So yeah, I mean, these stories are great. It just shows, um, you know, the longevity <clears throat> and the impact of this championship. You could have oh. put those letters in the lockers. You're going to have delayed tea times because you're going to have to fix your mascara and everything. We've got to do it for practice round days. Well, Julia, we're going to give you next week off. We're going to have you come back after the tournament to give us a recap. And uh, it's been such a pleasure this year working with you. And thumbs up to the great job you guys have done. It kind of kind of sucks that we can't have fans up there because I think uh, uh, Jackie Burke deserved it. Uh, I think the Champions yep. Crew deserved it. Uh, I think the golf course is going to be stellar. I think you're going to have a great winner, a great tournament. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for all the continued support. All righty. Julia Pine from the USGA. It's next week, folks. Best seat in the house is going to be right in front of your uh, TV, unless you know someone that has a house on the fairway. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. We got an uh, interesting story coming up next. We got the pro from Black Horse yep. and how he's become a video star. Coming up right next in Smoking Joe's Dry Range. I'm Smoking Joe. I'm Mulligan Matt. I'm Bobby Beats. Oh, that voice. You know, that's a pretty smooth voice, Mulligan. Mm-hmm. And this is CBS Sports Radio 650. Welcome back. Smoking Joe's Dry Range. Right Coming into the final couple of holes here. I'm Smoking Joe. I'm Mulligan Matt. I'm Bobby Beats. That's that. The new producer, Bobby Beats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I had to reestablish my Facebook page because they kicked me out. It's a long story. And so I go through Facebook and I start doing a lot of golf. And anyway, this, I get a, a, a friend like, or someone I should like, and, uh, it's the head pro out of Black Horse. And his name is Trent Pitty. And he had this <laughs> video that he started doing, uh, in the know with the pro and i watched this oh. thing and i said i gotta get this guy on so please welcome <laughs> to the t-box trent petty from black horse golf course way out in the northwest side of town good morning sir hey trent good morning glad to be here good to see you guys again well good i think you know you. this guy here mulligan yeah i've spent a little bit of time with him a little bit a little bit oh Just we might bit. have to get some dirt here huh <laughs> Uh, <laughs> now, now, Trent, I was looking through your bio. I saw that you were uh, a golf pro up at uh, Carlton Woods. I was. So you know the infamous Jason Alexander. One of my best friends. So did in the in the know know the pro, in the know with the pro come kind of because he started something like this, or did you start it first? No, basically how in the know with the pro started. It started with a phone call. It started a phone call to Jason. Uh, he had been doing the pro show. He had been very successful with it uh, at his club. And I was like, you know what? This video blog I did, this is awesome. So I was like, I need to do something like this at the club and just kind of be able to put my own spin, spin on it. We might not have millions of millions of fans like the pro show, but it's definitely become a very fun marketing tool for the club. I thought it was great. And the one that I got was the one where you had uh, a tournament out there. It was the, uh, you had the Black Horse Derby. Yeah, the member guest. It was our uh, second member guest that we've done at the club. We did our first one last year. We kind of dipped our toes into the idea of doing a member guest at a semi-private facility. And we did our first full-fledged member guest this year. 
120 players sold out the entire field. It was absolutely spectacular, and we had a great time putting it on for our membership. And is that a two-day, three-day tournament? It's actually two and a half. You have a Friday night men's party where we did a big break challenge on the driving range with a flop wall, glass break, a little close to the pin contest. Uh, We had drinks. We had a silent auction in Calcutta. Then you had uh, 27 holes on Saturday. You had 18 holes on Sunday. And then the winners of each flight competed in a horse race shootout to determine the member guest champion on Sunday after the morning 18. Very cool. Now, you've got two courses out there. You've got the north course and the south course. Correct. By annual rounds of golf played, which is the course played the most? The course played the most out here is, honestly, you'd be surprised that it's very close to being equal because of the fact that all the tournaments that we do, and we try to, we do one tournament on uh, one course, then the uh, next tournament, we alternate. We do it on the south. So we try to pick and choose in between which courses we're going to do. But as far as from a public play standpoint, south is the one that uh, gets the most play just because it's built around the quarry. It has a lot of picturesque views, and people seem seem to gravitate towards it. Huh. I've That's interesting. I would, I would, I, my favorite is the North course. I enjoy the North. North is more wide open, so you can't get in as much trouble. So I can understand why that probably be your favorite. <laughs> I hear the mulligan. I know that uh, he's been one of those guys that's had a tournament out there a few times. Yeah, you know, uh, so we, we take a little bit of care of him, to, j- just a tad, and all, and all, and all his uh, circus that comes along with it. Yeah. But we love I've it. I've appreciated all the years that uh, I was out there. Who knows? Maybe back there soon. Uh, you just never know, you know, what yeah. tomorrow brings, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, a year ago, my commute to the office was 25 miles. Mm-hmm. Now my commute is 25 steps most days. So <laughs> you never <laughs> That's know. That's nice. You know, you never know what life's going to be like in a year. That's for Ain't sure. Ain't that the truth? Now, Trent, you mentioned you have members. How many members do you have? We actually are just shy of 500 members here. Wow. Now, when I got here in 2018, we had 272 members. And we as a team have done such a good job about growing this membership and really making this club something that you want to be a part of. Well, now, I know the guy, buddies of mine that are members out there just can't stop talking about it. Um, not just because, you know, they live on the northwest side, but just everything that goes with it, like you said, the, the tournament that you just talked about. How much fun is that? And um, uh, kudos to you guys because it was in good shape before you got there, and uh, now it's gotten better. Congratulations. So we appreciate that. Thank you very much. You know, you've got two really good 18-hole golf courses. I, I don't think you get the appropriate amount of uh, praise for the great uh, practice range practice facilities that you guys have. I think they're f- fantastic. Yeah. Plenty of space. Uh, plus you also have Marty Fleckman out there giving lessons on one of the ends. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's great. Uh, has, how, how old is it now? Is it like 20 years old now? Yep. You got it right on the nose. 2000. Was one has Peter Jacobson been back? I haven't met him since I've been here. So uh, I know we get Tom Hardy. He comes out here quite a bit. And then we also just added um, some great instructors to our uh, teaching center of Axis Golf Academy. Uh, one of them, Alan Hody, was named Harvey Penning Teacher of the Year last year. 
Ben Wilman, he's a three-time section player of the year. And then uh, EJ Kim just actually got voted uh, through Golf Digest as one of the top instructors in Texas. And then they just brought on one more guy, Sean McEwen from uh, Sweetwater, that he's helping us out a lot with uh, member clinics, ladies clinics, and all that to be able to provide those performance programs for the club. That is cool. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, junior program? Junior programs as well. Actually, Axis uh, has gone to nationals the last three years with PGA Junior League. So we'll have a very prominent junior program through Axis at the backside of the range here at Black Horse. How many, um, you know, courses are talking about rounds are up, rounds being played are up. How's it been for you? Are you guys up? Way up. Uh, to kind of put it in perspective uh, for you is, you know, we've lost a lot of tournaments. Like in September, we were supposed to do about 100,000 in tournaments, and uh, we ended up only doing 35,000. But in September of last year, we did 6,500 rounds. We did 9,000 rounds in September. Wow. So it is, it's insane. You know, like for us, I know this pandemic has been tough on a lot of people and especially businesses, but for the golf business, it's actually uh, made it to where we've grown, you know, and we've grown in rounds, we've grown in memberships and people are just wanting to get outside and, you know, be able to come out and play golf. So with going back to your video mm -hmm. in the know with the pro, how mm -hmm. does the public, where do they find it? Is this something that you email out or is it on their website of Black Horse? Yeah, I put it on, uh, it goes on Instagram, uh, Black Horse page. It goes on uh, the Facebook page. Uh, it also goes on my personal one. And then I've recently started putting it on my personal YouTube account. And how often do you do a video? Uh, usually about once a month. Uh, the next one I have coming up is we're doing a member holiday party. So I'm doing one that's going to announce our Black Horse Rider Cup participants. Uh, so, and then we have our Santa hat classic coming up this weekend. I'll take some pictures and stuff from that. Uh, and I'll do one off that. So I actually, I'm going to end up doing two this month, but I usually do one about once a month. Well, if you're interested, we can maybe post them up on our, uh, Smoking Joe's uh, website. There you would go. Love, would love for y'all to do that. Well, just send that, send me a link and I'll get it to our webmaster and it's done deal. We'll put you right up there with Jason. We have his up there. And now have you created you know, Jason's created this fictional character that's him. That's kind of like mm -hmm. his, I think his idol. I don't know. It's, it's a goofy guy. Yeah. Have you done that? I'm not created a fictional character. I'm probably going to leave that to old, old cuz. So <laughs> I, I don't think no one could get on that, that level of uh, good old cuz. But, you know, uh, one, one of these days, you know, I, I, ho I hope to get to play golf with uh, uh, Jason's imaginary friend over there. <laughs> uh, and well, you know, speaking of that, with your time, do you participate quite heavily with the STPGA and the different tournaments? I do, and I was actually fortunate enough this year. I qualified for the Joe Black Cup team and was able to oh. compete with Jason up in uh, Dallas. I uh, was able to have a good year. My coaches uh, really kind of got my game to a different level, and I'm looking forward to next year to uh, doing even better. Maybe uh, uh, qualifying for that uh, national. Uh, PGA Professional Championship. Oh, awesome. Oh, uh, Trent, I'll tell you, it, it's a delight having you on the air. Uh, I look forward to having you on more. I look forward to having your, your videos on our website. And uh, let's plan on 2021 having uh, a regular conversation. Yeah, let's do it.
Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. Hey, have, have a great show. holiday season. You too, guys. Merry Take Christmas, care. Trent. All right. Bye, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, buddy. Bye. All right. Mulligan? I think, All right, Joe. I think Bobby Beats actually hung in there today. Yes, he did. You know? Thank you. He pulled the right any, club every time. No lost balls. <laughs> nope. uh, no misguidance on the distance or anything. You know, no. did everything pretty good. I think we, I think we, we come back next week. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll be elated to come back. I want to give a shout out to uh, <laughs> Mr. Caddy. He, he prepped me nice. He prepped me nice. Well, good, All good. Right. Well, Bobby Beats, welcome to the team. Uh, great show, guys. Uh, we'll tee it up again next week. Go out and have a great day, great weekend, and be safe. Yeah, I'll be working. I'll see you on Channel 11, Joe. Well, we won't see you at the U of H SMU game. No, that's for sure. Anyway, Sorry. thanks, everybody. Be safe out there. This is Smoking Joe's Driving Range on CBS Sports Radio 650. Thank you for listening to Smoking Joe's Driving Range, presented by PGA Tour Superstore. Check out joesdrivingrange.com for more from the show and enjoy your day on the course. From Houston's sports leader, Sports Radio 610. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.